Welcome to Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you understand how love turns to anger and even hate. Through the episodes, you will learn how to transform doomed relationships into exciting, intimate, and long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul-crushing love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can learn to create a strong relationship. Relationships Psych, the podcast, is not meant to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any mental health or relational issue. For treatment, talk to a mental health or relationship professional in your area. Three secrets to emotional intimacy. Tips to get the emotional connection that you want. Now, feeling got and understood by your partner feels really nice. You get the sense that someone is on your team. Someone has your back. It feels good to have the sense that in this great big world with all the things that could go wrong, you have someone that can brave the tough stuff with you and hold your hand. When we feel close, connected, and secure with our partners, literally their presence protects us from pain, even physical. It's no wonder we crave close emotional connection with our partners. In a pretty cool study by psychologist Jim Cohn, He tested the impact of having your partner with you when you're in an MRI machine that may or may not shock you when a little red light turns on. They found that just the knowledge of this little red light that may or may not produce shock led the women's stress centers in their brains to become activated. Now, Jim's research showed us that when these women held the hand of their partner while undergoing the experiment, the stress center in their brain was not as stressed. And even better, the couples who had really strong relationships protected against the stress even more. This reminds me of when I had LASIK eye surgery. I was really nervous about it. Although I knew many people who had successfully undergone LASIK eye surgery, and I'm not really an anxious person, prior to my surgery, I was visibly anxious. They asked me at the clinic if I wanted an Ativan. I'd never taken one before, but in this case, under medical supervision, it seemed like a good idea. They performed the surgery on the person in front of me while, or behind me, while they waited for the medication to take effect. When it came my turn to get the eye surgery, I was still visibly trembling. I had really gotten to the place where I was really, really overwhelmed. And I've got to say, my eye surgeon was pretty good. He directed one of the assistants in the room to stop what they were doing and take my hands. As the stranger, I couldn't see because my eyelids were clamped open. Their hands touched my hands. Immediately, I began to relax. I used their sense of calm and the warmth warmth of their hands to soothe me. This is a person I've never met. And even if I walked past them down the street in Toronto, I wouldn't recognize them. This person literally served as a buffer against my anxiety. It makes me wonder how how I would have done if my husband was holding my hand. Even if he had been there, I wonder if I would have needed the Ativan, because I have a sense I likely would have been okay, but I can't say for sure. So what's the point here? 
The point is that close physical touch with an emotionally safe and secure person, and even comforting touch with a stranger apparently, can serve as a buffer against distress and physical pain. Not only does a safe and secure relationship help with emotional distress and pain, but it even helps us heal physically and can prevent against diseases. You're likely listening to this episode because you want the safe and secure connection. You want the emotional intimacy, but at times you're baffled about how to get it. I want you to imagine a connection between you and your partner as a rope. Each positive and trustworthy action they take, no matter how small, adds adds another fiber to the thread. Sometimes the action is so meaningful it adds many threads and other times it adds just one. In the same way, these positive actions add threads, negative actions remove threads. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know you need more positives than negatives to stay neutral. With our emotional rope, when it's strong and intact, even when our partners do something irritating or a little hurtful, when the rope is strong, it's like a momentary annoyance in the relationship. Now, when that rope is thin or fraying, that same thing they did can cause us a huge wave of emotional pain. We might feel alone, abandoned, or unloved, or that they don't care about us at all. What's interesting is the emotional pain activates the same part of our brain as physical pain. So when we say, ouch, (laughs) I have hurt feelings, we literally do. When our rope is low on threads and we experience emotional pain, humans have natural responses to this, fight or flight, like the fight, flight, free, fight, flight, freeze response you likely learned in high school science. So what is the fight response? It's demanding, controlling, attacking, criticism, or literally pursuing by following your partner around the house. The flight response is shutting down, stonewalling, physically leaving, and trying to self-protect. Based on how we were raised, our early experiences, our gender, we are more likely to behave in certain ways than others in the face of emotional pain. In the previous episode, 22, on maladaptive relationship behavior, we discuss how our early experiences shape us and steps to change it. So if you want more, go check out that episode. It's normal for couples to have conflict from time to time, to avoid each other on occasion, and even normal to have the occasional big spat. However, The couples that restore their balance and add more threads to the rope will likely do better over time. Let's talk those three secrets to creating the emotional intimacy. As you might have already guessed, adding threads to your emotional rope is huge. This means kind words or actions that your partner perceives as caring. This might also mean finding kind or neutral ways to make reasonable requests from your partner about ways that can meet your needs. The more that couples can come together to put threads on their rope, each tiny positive action adds up, creating a strong rope that over time can buffer against the occasional mishap and moment of disconnection. Inside the episode, Your Brain on Love, episode 20, we review neurochemical signals and love and why doing these nice things, creating threads, actions in the beginning is easy. As relationship progresses and there's more conflicts, the more we intentionally need to do nice things to build the rope, to create and keep that emotional connection alive. The second secret. If you and your partner are S-T-U-K, stuck. In a negative emotional cycle, it's time to notice how your flight or fight response is behaving. 
If you are demanding, controlling, attacking, criticizing, or literally following your partner around the house, or maybe you're shutting down, stonewalling, physically leaving, or trying to self-protect, and heaps of other behaviors everywhere and in between there. Most people do a little bit of fight and flight, but most of the time we have a predominant style. To create emotional intimacy can be helpful for us to identify what behaviors are getting in the way. When you can identify your behavior that possibly isn't so helpful, you could possibly begin to experiment with other ways of behaving to see if it actually brings your partner closer or pushes them farther away. If you're like a lot of my couples, you would likely prefer that your partner just changes. If they could only stop shutting down, or if they could just stop leaving the conversation, or if they could just stop being disrespectful, then you wouldn't do that thing you do. But since you're listening to this podcast, I encourage you to notice, how do you behave? And how could you try something different? I know, it's way easier said than done. The third tip to possibly creating some emotional intimacy is a happy happy homecoming. What is a happy homecoming? A happy homecoming is how we greet our, greet our partner when we get a home or meet up at the end of the day. Now, if you're both working from home due to COVID, you might need to be creative in how you create an end of day routine that is positive. Most of us want to know that our home is safe and we look forward to being there. But too often when we're in conflict with our partner, we can dread going home to face them. Think about making your home inviting. A simple thing to do is greet your partner warmly. Wait a few minutes before addressing a displeasing topic. I have seen the simple action, happy homecomings, transform relationships. Once couples who operated like two ships passing in the night started ordering a meal delivery service and preparing it together, putting on music and doing this, enjoying each other's company before discussing any action items or grievances with the other. Another couple agreed that whoever was home first, when they hear the person get to the door, they stop whatever they're doing, go to the door, and give the other a hug. These couples have worked to create joint rituals, and these joint rituals add threads to the ropes. The overarching theme of this episode is to think about adding threads to your rope. Think about how you, how would you want to increase the connecting experience? Now you might feel inclined to turn to your partner and say, you need to add threads to my rope in a critical in a critical way. But stop, don't say that. Think about being constructive and saying something different with the same message. For example, saying you need to add threads to my rope is deconstructive. But saying things like, when we're together, I'm happy. When we get home, I would like for us to create a ritual that brings us close together at the end of the day. I think that would add some threads to my rope. That's constructive. If you need some help thinking about how to say things in a way that is more constructive, check out the free guide on www.emberrelationshippsychology.com to finally figure out how to get him to listen to you. It's the second exercise in this template that provides a guide for how to say things in a constructive way. Sometimes relationships aren't fair, and neither is the division of emotional labor. But if you are listening and interested in the buffering effects of positive connection and dreaming of more emotional intimacy, well, hey, maybe some of these things in this podcast are worth a try. But if you want some more on emotional intimacy and you aren't sure if this episode was for you, check out episode seven, how to create more emotional intimacy with your partner. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www 
Ember Relationship Psychology 